0: Episode one ninety seven of all Off Topic. What's up, Brad? Not too much, Andrew. How you been? I'm good. Welcome to the pod.
1: This is a thing now.
0: <laughs> Maybe.
1: I'm not sure. I like try it. try
0: out new stuff. Well, let's not try out that stuff. All right, fine. You're no fun. I mean, you I know it is fun though. Did you see the new Bronco? Uh,
1: I did. Um, So it's like pretty cool. No, I dig it. I've heard some grumblings of people saying that it looks too much like a Jeep. But I think those people have probably never seen the original Bronco.
0: Yeah. Or like people are like, well, it looks like an FJ and a Jeep.
1: Yeah, because the FJ and the Jeep are both retro styled vehicles to 60s off roaders. Yeah. So. And that's what the Bronco is. Yeah. I think the problem is there's a whole generation or younger generation that doesn't know a Bronco before like the 80s Bronco or like the the OJ body style Bronco, the 90s one. Yeah, probably. Part of the problem.
0: So there are how many. Generations of Bronco where there's like there was three before.
1: So there's the first generation Bronco, which was the very utilitarian, um, removable top, bolt down, you know, removable doors if you wanted, kind of thing. It was kind of like an international scout. Um, and then there was only really one other generation of full size Bronco. It kind of, mm-hmm. so I, I guess it could be considered two generations, but the basic truck is still the same. Um, I yeah. think it was 74. Maybe seventy-five, where the full-size Bronco came out, um, and other mm-hmm. than headlights, taillights, and some body lines, if you squinted at that and a '96, they were kind of the same truck. You mm-hmm. know, obviously the the '90s Broncos had more rounded lines and you know softer edges, but it was still basically the same the same design. So it would have been a two-door SUV with a removable fiberglass cap in the back. So kind of a style doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> but at the time, it was popular because the Bronco, the Blazer, and the Dodge Ram Charger all had the same, and the Plymouth Duster all had the same uh, same kind of style. Yeah. They were an SUV convertible, which exists, but not in the same kind of way because they still had a roof over your head. So interesting trucks. Yeah, they
0: weren't, um,
1: they weren't really canvas tops usually. They were not canvas tops. There were no canvas tops in the factory. They all would have been a fiberglass topper. Uh, I grew up in full-size blazers and Broncos. My father seemed to always have them. Um, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: He had a succession of a few different blazers. And then um, I think maybe one Bronco in the end. We had like a 91 Bronco XLT. It was maroon and white with a maroon interior. I remember it had two gas tanks, which was... I remember it costing a hundred dollars to fill that in the early nineties. So mm. it was a lot of, it took a lot of fuel. I know that, mm-hmm. um, there was also a Bronco two for a while in the eighties, which would have been for our Mitsubishi fans, like the Montero and the Montero sport. Mm-hmm. The Bronco two was a smaller Bronco to compete with the S 10. Um, It seems that Ford is doing that again. They're releasing two vehicles called the Bronco. They're releasing the, you know, body-on-frame Jeep Wrangler fighter. And they're also releasing one called the Bronco Sport, which I think they missed a huge opportunity in not calling it the Bronco 2, but that's just me.
0: Yeah. But I think for a lot of people, um, Sport sort of implies... Like smaller for a vehicle,
1: at least in the way it's been used in modern vehicle marketing, right? I was trying to think of another one other than the Montero with a smaller version was called the Sport. And the only one I could come a up Lander with... Land Sport? Well, that's also Mitsubishi, but... So other than Land Rover, Mitsubishi... Right? There's a Land Rover Sport. Is it a smaller one? Yes. Hmm. I don't know that for a fact, but I believe you. The only one I could come up with in my brain was the Outback and the Outback Sport because the Outback yeah. was a legacy, and the Outback Sport was an Impreza, traditionally, back yeah. in the 90s. Probably not anymore, but that was uh, the only other one I could come up with that wasn't a Mitsubishi. I, yeah. I drove over if you say that. I wasn't aware of that. But anyways, they call it the Bronco Sport. Um, it kind of doesn't matter. It's just another unibody, midsize crossover. Um, they're advertising it with pictures of like it doing off-roady things, but it's not an off-roady vehicle, I don't think. I kind of like it to like there's a Jeep Wrangler and a Jeep Patriot. It's kind of like the Jeep Patriot. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm.
1: It's a vehicle that I don't understand why Ford needs unless they plan on eliminating the Escape or the Explorer because they already have an
0: Explorer Sport.
1: Yeah, but it wasn't a smaller one. Okay. It was the same body. You yeah. could get you can get a two door or a four door Explorer Sport. Maybe at first a two door was the sport, but I don't I don't think so. I think it's always just been a, like a trim package.
0: Well, they might. What they probably end up doing is, like we talked about this before. I think we're going to see this happening with a lot of car companies. Is they're going to split off model names as their Branding. own brand? Yeah, which. Is kind of not, it's not new because Mitsubishi did it really poorly. We've talked about this with all the Colts and uh, like, what were they? there were Colts in England and stuff like that. So, yeah, I,
1: I think that was more of a uh, branding of the company in different markets versus taking a model and making it the brand. I can't think of another one that's taken, other than Dodge, they took Dodge Ram trucks and turned them into Ram as the brand. I think they were the first ones to really do that, like, shift the, no, the brand. I think it
0: was... I disagree. I think it was Jeep did it without intending to do it because originally a Jeep was just a, a Wrangler. That That was just a Jeep. And then they just started adding all these other things under the Jeep brand.
1: So the interesting story about that is that the Jeep name... I don't know, Do you know where the Jeep name came from? Yeah, it's General Purpose. Okay, yeah, so it was GP. It was General Purpose, and so they called them, you know, the shortened, they shortened it just saying Jeep. So the Jeep yeah. name came from there, um, and the company Willis owned the rights up until um, the 80s, uh, 70s, excuse me, and they sold the rights to AMC. So AMC didn't market it as Jeep as the brand name. It was marketed as an AMC Jeep, it wasn't until Chrysler bought them in 86 or 87 that they started the brand name Jeep, but Chrysler never had a Chrysler Jeep. It just started with Chrysler as a Jeep. And the same year that the Jeep was available as a Chrysler, you could also buy uh, uh, Cherokee and Grand Cherokee and Comanche. So they had a whole line developed to go along with that, with the Jeep. Strangely...
0: So, didn't they have like Ford parts in them in that weird change over time at AMX? So
1: AMC they- developed the Wrangler before Chrysler owned a Jeep. Mm-hmm. And AMC being a small company didn't have a lot of um, money to engineer parts. <laughs> so where they could save money, they did save money. Um, I know they had a GM steering column. Um, I think they had Ford HVAC controls. Um if I remember correctly, the computer was a Chrysler ECU. It was just a whole mishmash of of parts that AMC could get their hands on from other American manufacturers. So the first few years of Wrangler were sold as Jeeps under the banner of Chrysler, but they were sold with parts from other manufacturers. Hmm. So they eventually switched everything to Chrysler parts, obviously, because that was what made the most sense. But at that time, Chrysler was starting to do a whole push for a whole separate brand when they bought jeep because they released jeep with the you know the chrysler jeep eagle dealers so they sold eagles at the same time and a lot of those dealers also sold renault's at the time
0: yeah so so i'm also trying to think of what else for a vehicle has been in continuous continue continuous production so maybe it would be like the jeep 911, what else? Anything else? Because Jeeps have basically been around since the 40s, almost always in production. Yep. And it's why there's such a huge, like, I don't know, something happened with Jeeps in, like, the late... It feels like in the 90s, maybe the late 90s, like, they really took off
1: as, like, a cool vehicle to have. They were always popular from the 70s as, you know, beach vacation vehicles. But the reason they took off in the 90s is because they had more creature comforts to be daily driven vehicles. You know, you could buy a Wrangler with a good air conditioning system. You know, it had a good stereo. It had things that people expected in a car. You could buy a Wrangler with cruise control and it drove more car-like than the earlier ones did. So that's kind of why they took off um other ones that have had continuous production obviously the corvette which is a huge name which is now yep. rumors of it possibly becoming its own brand name we'll see um mustang since 64 has been continuous um, right and they now are using that as its own brand name because now there's a mustang suv called electric suv called the mach e which also i don't understand with a bronco sport an explorer and an escape and a what's the little suv they have oh it's the it's based on the fiesta that's it's the tiny th- one yeah it's an indian built thing or something I mean, or they sold them in india first or something the eco sport i honestly don't know and i don't care it's it looks <laughs> so goofy like it looks worse than a smart car
0: like the proportions of it
1: yeah, they're weird-looking cars, especially with the spare tire on the back. Also, what I laugh about them when I see them is they kind of have the mini Escape look to the back of them. They have the same right. tail light shape, but if you look right. on the tailgate, it's just a piece of chrome with a red lens over it. It's not mm-hmm. actually a light, and doesn't even have a reflector in it. I don't even understand what it's... It's just there for style. It's, it's pretty dumb-looking. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then I think
0: so Jeeps Sport. really took off when they went for the... Um, four-door like that was like whoa yeah now I can like really use this thing because it's got four doors
1: well they tried a few different things in the past they had a long wheelbase one at two different times so during the AMC era they had the CJ7 was the normal Jeep and then they had the CJ8 which was a long wheelbase um, Wrangler looking vehicle but still a two-door and it didn't really work Mm -hmm. out And then on the TGA generation in the 90s, they had the Wrangler Unlimited, which was a longer wheelbase, bigger cargo area, but still a two-door. Yeah, kind of goofy looking. And didn't really take off. Yeah. Um, Missed marketing opportunity. They could have called it the Scrambler, like they did the CJ-8, but Mm -hmm. whatever. They should have, but they didn't. Um, And now they said, well, if we're going to do a pickup bed behind a Jeep, maybe we should give it four doors because people want four-door pickups, so... I think you're right. I think the Jeep, the cult of Jeep that has become the past few years um, is half in response to it being a four-door and the other half due to social media pumping Jeep life, I think, more than well, anything else. I'm
0: trying to think of, like, the last time I saw a new Jeep that was a two-door. And they're out there. They're, I think, I I'd be curious... To look up the sales numbers, I bet they outsell them like 10 to 1.
1: I think part of the reason you don't notice a new Jeep that's a two-door is because the styling hasn't changed very much. And at first glance, it could just be a Jeep from the past 20 years.
0: That's true, but I bet they do outsell. I mean, part of it, too, is the way, again, dealerships order vehicles in the United States is they just order what they think will sell, And then people don't want to wait for or order their own vehicle. So you just buy what's on the lot.
1: Yeah. Special ordering is not really a thing anymore. I've noticed. No.
0: Now, will people special order these Broncos? Probably. Or they'll search for them because just looking at them, they've got like eight different trim levels. Yeah. Which is kind of crazy.
1: It's kind of neat, though, because it will make packages available the way they used to be.
0: Yeah. That part is cool. Uh, and it goes from like the base is around 28k,
1: yeah. I think 29,999 oh. is the number they're saying for a base model,
0: yeah. And then the most expensive one, they've got some crazy, of course, limited edition thing we're gonna see at Meekum Options, uh, called the first edition that's yeah. like sixty thousand dollars, right? Which has everything, yeah. But the base is pretty cool. If we can, we'll just start talking about Broncos now,
1: yeah. So, the, I Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. So I I was looking at all the different possible options available, yep. um, and the word base isn't really a good word to describe the vehicle. I don't think. It's it's not it's not a penalty to have the base model. It's quite a good vehicle. Should they call it like the base camp? That's a missed opportunity. Yeah, there you go. That's a good one.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, if if I was going to buy one, and dollar figures notwithstanding, the base mm-hmm. is the one I would buy.
0: Yeah, it's got 16-inch steel wheels, silver painted. It does come with all seasons, so you'd have to swap those out.
1: I'm going to change the wheels and tires anyway.
0: I'm curious to know if it comes with skids because it doesn't sound like it. It sounds like you have to buy other packages to get skid plates, which is kind of weird, but I'm sure you can get takeoffs because people are going to do aftermarket skid plates and all that good mm-hmm. stuff. Um, the big thing... Kind of weird. I don't know what the difference is why they even bothered with these two engines choices where having the 2.3 EcoBoost or the 2.7 EcoBoost because you've got a four-cylinder that's a 2.3 or a V6 that's a 2.7. Correct. And you're only at like 270 horse and 310 horsepower.
1: The torque number is different. The V6 is going to have a much higher towing capacity. It will,
0: but if you're in the two-door... Bronco, the 270 horsepower turbo four is pretty good.
1: Which as we all know, turbo motors are a flash away from another, you know, 20% horsepower. Oh, especially now. Yeah. And Cobb, there's already, Cobb was already uh, advertising
0: the access port. So.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not, these engines aren't new. They're already available in current vehicles. You know, the the Ford Ranger with the six cylinder EcoBoost has a, I think a 5,500 pound tow rating. So I'm sure we're going to see that same tool rating in the Bronco for a, for a V6 long wheelbase Bronco. I think that's part of the reason that there's a second option. Um, I don't think that a four-cylinder four-door would sell very well. I don't think Jeep sells a lot of yeah. I don't know if Jeep even sells a four-cylinder version of the four-door Wrangler, actually. Uh, Ooh, I don't know. I know they just
0: recently came out with a four-cylinder, right? No, they've had a four-cylinder. Don't keep, we don't keep forever. up to date on Jeeps yeah. here because... We're not Jeep people? They're...
1: <laughs> yeah, um, they're the obvious the choice one, and they're we and we historically don't take the obvious choice.
0: <laughs> no, but what I like about this base one is that you can get with a six speed no seven seven speed manual, but the seventh gear is a is a crawler gear. Yep, it's really which neat. is pretty wild. Yeah, supposedly
1: yeah. there's there's lockers and things involved, and um, it's got like a Dana sixty in the rear, which is not terrible. Um, it's got independent front suspension, which people will but with a Dana diff. Why is it good? You know, independent front suspension because 99.9% of even the people that take them off road don't need solid axles. Um, it just drives way better. Yeah. And the, the amount of time you drive in the street, you much prefer to have an IFS. So, yeah. So I don't understand that whole argument that people say a real off roaders need to have it was a Harley. no, <laughs> Probably going home to get in his jeep.
0: Yeah, all my all my windows are open. Yeah, it's hot out. There, um,
1: right?
0: No, it's actually quite nice. So that's the other thing. So like you've got, um, you get the manual. There is what's really cool a Sasquatch package.
1: Yeah, <laughs> not a missed opportunity. That is a good name.
0: Nope, nope. And the and the all the full drive system is called Goat. <laughs> yeah it goes goes over altering i think it says yeah. yeah so also excellent marketing but yep. there i was doing a little research reading it's unclear if you can get a sasquatch package with a manual transmission currently but again a word from ford was that we are open for
1: suggestions on that again the base model is probably the way to go anyway um, because he gets almost everything you need, I think the base model is a better-looking vehicle. The front grille is totally different; um, it has more of a retro style to it. It looks more like a 1966 Bronco, which is what they're going for. In fact, if you paint that grille white, I think it will look amazing because the original Bronco had a white grille. Um, so I think a base model is the way to go. I just—it's a—it's a neat yeah. truck. I haven't been excited about a new car or talking about a new car probably since they first Toyota first announced the FRS.
0: Yeah. Um, and the thing is about these, I, they'll probably sell like, and they'll probably sell really well. Oh, they definitely uh, because will because they have mass market appeal. They have lots of appeal for people who don't want a Jeep. They don't want to live that Jeep life because of the stigma of owning a Jeep. You know, there's some people that are all about it and there's other people are just won't drive a Jeep because it's a Jeep. And there's other people like us that won't drive a Jeep because they just don't drive that well. And then you've got like, I can see these as rental vehicles. They'll be huge. Like um, well, there'll be no more hurts. You know, so that's true. But yeah, when you can vacation
1: again, these will be like a cool thing to rent. Right. Well, the good and thing they can, is they don't come out for quite some time. And uh, maybe by the time they come out, you'll be able to rent one for vacation somewhere.
0: It's true, but it's cool because you're getting both a useful
1: SUV it seems
0: mm-hmm. and a convertible.
1: yeah, I assume it's going to have a hard top option like a Jeep it does
0: so and the hard top is modular so it sounds like from reading about it that like you can take all the side windows off and leave the roof on so... You get the same effect, but you don't also don't have to bake in the sun or so buy
1: that would an aftermarket be, top. That would be the Arizona way. Right. Take all the sides off, but still not bake in the hot sun. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm so, not currently in the $30,000 car market. Um, no. but In a year or so when these things come out, who knows where I'll be. Uh, and if I were in the $30,000 car market, I would definitely not hesitate to buy one of these. Um, oh, it's a it's a pretty cool vehicle, and as as a short wheelbase Montero owner, regardless of its current condition, um, it's kind of the obvious choice for a modern vehicle. It's kind of the same kind of vehicle, but new. You also, we-
0: good. Well, I was gonna say it also warms my jaded new car heart that a company paid so much attention to details in making it look retro without going going overboard with it with giving it useful options that people can actually use and like you don't have to you can basically take it off the showroom floor and it would probably be just fine off road you don't have to do anything to it if you don't want to and like they actually listened to and paid attention to uh, an enthusiast segment and I don't know it's like Seems like they built a really cool vehicle.
1: So well, off off road vehicles out. have had a little bit of more luck with that because the Jeep is retro without even drying. It's just always been a heritage design. It's, it's never, never changed it. Yeah, it's, it's never had a drastic change. It always has that iconic Jeep look, which you can't knock them for. That's that's a hundred percent what that market needs. That's what that vehicle is, and it does what it's supposed to do. Um, I don't like them because they Remind me of a Dodge minivan on the inside now, but as far as the outside goes, yeah. I, I get it's it's definitely the way it needs to be. Toyota came out. They had that FJ Cruiser, which I'm going to aggravate my dad here by saying this. Wasn't my favorite designed retro vehicle, but it had a bit of a charming retro look to it. Um, they I, made a, a strong effort, but it just, it, it fell a little It flat. just
0: missed. Yeah. Just missed.
1: I don't. I don't dislike them. And having spent some time in in one with my father's and our, our listener Ron, I've been off roading with him and his. Um, they're capable vehicles. They're they're good off road. They drive nice on the street. I don't like the visibility from outside from inside of them. But that's a whole other story for a whole other podcast. Um, and then you have Land Rover. That's always kind of had a bit of a heritage design language with most of their vehicles going along. And they've just come out with a new Defender, which has got tons of heritage stuff too, which is the Bronco for the, you know, the one percenters. (laughs) So that's off-road vehicles have always had a little bit more of a, you know, a retro vibe to them from just the way they are. It's just the the nature of the vehicles. So it's neat that Bronco comes out with this. It's definitely a kick in the face to Chevy because they just ruined the Blazer name this year.
0: Oh, yeah it's like why why bother why yeah. why yeah why do they even need why do they need to bring it back another SUV another SUV I don't understand it I don't understand in these new companies no when everything they make is an SUV why do you even make more than one or two of them because they sell you need like a, you need a little one and a small one and when you say sorry I mean I'm sorry you need a small one
1: and a big one when you say why do you, need, why why do you need three big ones? When you say why another SUV on a podcast where we're just extolling the virtues of this new SUV that was just announced, you need to remember okay. that why another okay. unibody SUV?
0: <laughs> okay, crossover. It's technically a crossover. It's not even an SUV anymore.
1: Yeah, I don't understand the segment, but the segment's not for me, so I never will understand the segment.
0: I, I guess it. It basically a crossover replaced sedans. You'd be like. Why do you
1: need another sedan, I guess, right? Yeah. Why do you you need a Fiesta and a Focus and a Taurus and a 500?
0: Well, I understand you need different size vehicles, and that makes sense. That always has made sense to me. But why do you need the same vehicle that's so like a Rogue and a Murano? And what is the difference? And a Pathfinder. Yeah. A new Pathfinder. Yeah. So, yeah, where everything like, yeah, a Pathfinder, a former. Body-on-frame SUV is now a really shitty crossover, and the Blazer is now a really ugly crossover yep. that, like, basically looks like uh, a Camaro that's been stretched under a crossover body. Like,
1: well, I'm surprised did they didn't have the gall to call it the Camaro Cross Sport or something, right? But again, here we are extolling, you know, are our, our, our talking about the, the, the greatness that is Ford in their marketing for this Bronco. But let's not forget, Ford took the Mustang name and put it on a crossover this year too. So they're all, yeah. it. it's all terrible. It's not a market for us. It's not a market we understand. The reason we like the Bronco is because we do enjoy off-road driving. We do enjoy a vehicle built for a purpose. And this vehicle is built for a purpose. It's why we have Monteros. It's why we have friends with Xterras, it's why we have friends with FJs. We do enjoy doing off-road things. But the Broncos Speaking. also got
0: unique style to it. It doesn't look like any other crossover.
1: Right. I think that the Broncos is a success. Um, the only question I still have is that door thing. Do all the two doors have that weird like window in the middle of the lower door?
0: Uh it's I bet that's an optional like door kit. But I don't want that. I don't want that at all. It's probably like if you want to have the open door feeling but you're not comfortable having the doors totally off. It's probably like some accessory kit or yeah, something. Yeah, I probably like would
1: never take the doors off because the windows go down and that's enough. And yeah, thousands of degrees sometimes here in beautiful Phoenix. Um, yeah,
0: you'd get a sunburn just from the sun reflecting off the pavement. Yeah, exactly. On your legs,
1: Like motorcycle riders in shorts out here. Dude. Yeah.
0: Up your shorts.
1: Yeah. No, thank you.
0: Burn your nether reasons. No, thank you.
1: Uh, no, I, I dig it again. I'm not a buyer right now, obviously. Um, it doesn't really fit my, uh, to be honest, budget. <laughs> it would definitely fit my lifestyle because I definitely would like to have a four wheel drive vehicle out here to go exploring. Um, I live in the greatest area to go exploring. But unfortunately, I just don't have that right now. Um, if I had a little bit more uh, expendable income, I would be seriously considering putting a deposit down on one of these right now. Because well, It's also deposits. nice. Yeah,
0: $100. Yeah, It's also nice to have a 4x4 that's not a pickup truck. Yeah. Like, What were your options?
1: A Jeep. That was yeah. it. As far as somewhat affordable, yeah, I can't think of much else. There were yeah. some higher end things that were.
0: Well, what was it? What, what would be a body on frame four by four?
1: Up until this year, the Land Cruiser and the Lexus GX. Okay. Um. Which are eighty thousand dollars plus trucks? That's what I'm saying. In in budget, where we're talking, in some kind of a normal human being budget, there isn't anything really yeah. right now.
0: Yeah. Get a Tacoma. That's you know in the thirties. truck. Yeah. Pickup, but it's a pickup truck.
1: Yeah, it's plenty of pickup trucks. You can get Tacomas, Rangers, Colorados you know but you know what backups.
0: we're talking about the 2021 Bronco when in reality we can get a 2020 Frontier that's true why would you go with something totally new when you can have a proven Frontier yeah no
1: thank you <laughs> that's another thing I don't understand um, not to go off tangent but a 2020 Frontier is basically a what 1999 Frontier oh, 05 Okay, 05 frontier. So my my car buying wouldn't let me go to a dealer and plunk down new car money on something that looks like an 05. Yeah, I don't know why. I have no problem driving old crappy cars. I just I don't think that when I can go buy an 05 for five thousand dollars, why would I spend thirty five thousand dollars on a twenty twenty? Mm. I have an issue with that, but it's maybe my own neuroses which is also the reason that I'll wait to buy a used Bronco because I just will well yeah just wait till
0: uh, you know people are going to lease them and then uh, you can get a certified yeah. pre-owned
1: a couple year old one something that already has a couple of uh, desert scratches on the side that I don't have to worry about getting the first scratch so, on yeah, where you are now it's they're not going to rust no it'll last forever but mm-hmm. that also brings to the point why bother at all when I can buy a $2,000 Montero um,
0: you don't get all the nice new modern technology. Inconvenience. If I've never had it, I
1: don't know it exists. It's true, but sometimes it's, it's nice to have new cars. No, it is. That's why I have a fairly new car right now, but
0: See, that's the thing. I hope that people buy, buy these trucks because if they sell and people buy them, then it signals to manufacturers that, Hey, if we build stuff that people Want enthusiasts, want we'll keep doing it.
1: Well, I'm happy about a couple of things that they did build it, they are making it. It does still come with a proper manual transmission. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, it will sell with a manual transmission because that's still an issue, too. People need to buy the manual to make it a feasible option for the future. Um, I like the fact that it's retro styled while still looking modern. Up until mm-hmm. point Ford had kind of like a 50-50 shot at getting retro style right because they nailed it in 05 with the Mustang, but they flubbed it horrifically about the same time with the Thunderbird. Oh. So I wasn't quite sure what, to, what we are going to get out of the Bronco, but they definitely made it look right. Um, I think that the original concept Bronco looks better, but the concept car always does. So, Well, yeah,
0: the concept car isn't... Uh... You know, is it holding to any side impact, front impact, any of that stuff? So like the bumpers will always be a little bit thinner and like the mirrors will be smaller and stuff like that. So the concept cars always typically look a little better.
1: Well, oh, the mirrors like, won't even exist. I'm looking at you, Cyberjack.
0: Yeah. Well, like remember the Plymouth Prowler, how much better the concept looked than
1: the actual car does? Well, the concept looked cool because it was an old hot rod. And then when yeah. they came off the dealership lot with that mid nineties plastic interior and Chrysler V six and were driven by the lame cruise night crowd, <laughs> that's when they got real, that's that, that's when they kind of got ruined. That wasn't well, I was thinking necessarily more like that giant, the giant. Yeah, that's true. They were terrible. And they were that terrible nineties textured plastic. Yeah. But no, I'm, I'm super excited for the Bronco. I really am. Um, I'm not like I said. I'm not going to say I'm going to buy one immediately, but I can see myself owning one of these at some point in the future, which is a rare thing for me to say about any new cars. So it makes me happy. I'm glad it exists. I hope people buy it, and I hope that it uh, pushes for more competition in other segments. Maybe Chevy can bring back a Blazer. Yeah. Maybe it's not too late. Maybe Jeep will bring back a smaller a smaller Wrangler. Um, that's the other thing that I do want to see is how large this thing is. Well, the the short
0: wheelbase, the two door is one hundred and nine inches or one hundred and six inches.
1: So it's similar to a Wrangler. Yeah. And the two door Wranglers aren't too oversized, I guess. They're proportionate. Yeah. I think
0: it, it'll be. It won't be like a, a two door Challenger. No Charger. I think the Challenger is the two-door. I think you're right. I mean, those were big cars in the original form, but they just look super big with the big slab sides that they have and the 22 inch wheels and stuff like that. Well, if you park them next to an
1: original Challenger, you can see how much larger they actually are. The original is a much smaller car. I mean, just think they're much smaller. Oh, have you ever seen them side by side? (laughs) It is a no. much a much smaller car. Well, think of the, think of it this way: the original car had 15 inch wheels, and they looked proportionate. The new car has to that's have true. 20s to look proportionate. So,
0: well, that's why I think with the uh, current Mustang, they sort of even took the 05 style and evolved it more and kind of shrunk it down and made it tighter around the chassis. Yeah, they definitely have. They've pulled a quarter I
1: thing think- for more swoopy lines and.
0: Yeah, I think it's a very pretty car. No, for, I I,
1: styling, so. I I dig the new Mustangs. They're uh they're neat cars.
0: And yeah, I think it's better looking than the for some reason the the last gen Camaro just didn't didn't do right.
1: The very last Camaros kind of worked for me. <laughs> um the ones that they changed. Whatever the last year of them is, Is 2020 the last year of them something like that. I don't know. The very last ones I liked when the first when the style first came out, they were kind of blah looking. But it was another retro style done wrong, I think. Yeah. So, but anyway. All right, forward. enough new car talk.
0: you have any uh, project car updates? Uh
1: I don't. Um I said last week I was going to have an answer for everybody this week on what was happening. Um no. I did put a post up. That was right. kind of a combination post. It was, hey, anybody have an engine that's in good working order? Or does anybody want to buy this thing, get it out of my life? So it's kind of mm-hmm. one of those whichever happens first deals is going to be mm-hmm. the deal. Um, I had a standing offer at $250 to buy it from me, and I almost took it. Um, but I figure I have probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 700 to $800 into it. I'm not expecting yeah. to get that back, but I'd like to get four or five hundred bucks out of it if I'm going to sell it. Um, yeah. So that didn't happen. Um, I haven't found an engine for it yet either. Nobody's locally seems to have one just sitting around. I found one in Prescott, Arizona, which is about a two like and a two half. Arizona, yeah, think. it's about two and a half hours to where this where this engine is. Um, but it's in a truck, and he's not willing to take it out of the truck. He wants me to come up and do that, and I don't have the equipment to do that with. Yeah, that's annoying. Yeah. So that's in the back of my brain, but I haven't pulled the trigger yet. Um, So the other part of my brain is saying that I'm just going to say, damn the torpedoes and pull the head off and just investigate again. So. Why not? Yeah. You're not going anywhere. Why not? It's here. Yeah, I got nothing else going on. We're in the worst area for the pandemic. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not talking to anybody. Nothing but time. Off, check it out. Nothing but time, but I haven't done it because I've been a wuss, and it's been one hundred and seventeen degrees. Okay, all right, fair enough. So it's it's warm right now. Yeah, it's unseasonably warm right now. So, and also, we officially finally moved into our house. We were kind of living in the house and our old apartment, but I officially moved this past weekend um, in the one hundred and seventeen degree weather. Uh, thankfully, we had movers. <laughs> Um, yeah, but we still had to move a lot of stuff on our own as well, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was hot, um, but it's done and I'm here. So we've been spending time unpacking and, you know, building things in the house, shelving and whatnot, and now yeah, we're doing some painting and, uh, so we've had other projects taking our time, much like your, nothing as big as your kitchen, but house projects oh, gosh. similar to your kitchen. <laughs> so. So I've been busy doing other things, but I think the plan, um, recording this. It's Wednesday night. The plan is probably for Thursday and Friday night after work to tackle taking the engine apart. Yeah. So I'll pull the cylinder head off. I'll check the valves again that way. Um, unfortunately, I don't have a compressor here at the house, so I can't do the leak down test. Um, so I'm just going to take it apart. It doesn't take much to take the cylinder head off of an old Toyota. So. And if it is valves... They're literally $2 a piece. So I'll just buy a valve spring tool. I'll change the valves out and hope for the best because it's going to be a grand total cost of there's eight valves. So it's $16. (laughs) I think I can handle it. And it's not like it's been run. I can reuse that head gasket. So yeah, whatever. It's fine. Yeah, it'll be fine. I'm not going to stress.
0: So I think, I don't think I talked about it. I got the the flex pipe section for the Glant. I was trying to measure it when I was under the, like, I didn't have the car on the lift. It was just, the town was, so both my cars are at my dad's place, his garage. Because I'm using my garage for construction area, storage for the kitchen. So anyways, the Glant was under the town, which was on the lift. I didn't feel like switching the cars around. So I like tried to reach under there with a tape measure and like measure it. Now, I measured the actual woven flex section, which was six inches, but it turns out when I finally got out on the lift, the overall with the little flanges is eight inches. That's how you measure it. Now, in my brain, yeah, that makes sense now, but at the time, I'm like, well, wouldn't your flex section be the, if you're you're telling me it's a six-inch flex section, wouldn't that be the actual flex section? Right. And then the overall would be different. But it's not that. Like, no. So the overall is the overall with the flanges. So it's actually, it's so like uh, a six inch flex section is actually like a four inch flex with an inch on either side of flange. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So yeah, that's where I messed up. So anyway, I ordered the right one. I have it. I just haven't had a chance to uh, weld it because it's been like super hot and humid and I'm working on other stuff and the car doesn't need to go anywhere. So, um, I actually wish that vibrant, it's a vibrant piece that they had actually made the 10 inch one. That would have been a little easier to weld. I think because I could slip the exhaust inside of the flanges at the end instead this, I'm going to be really close to the edges. So I don't
1: lose too much length,
0: but I'm going to do my best.
1: Okay. So you have you have the correct parts now. I do. I just
0: I haven't gotten to it. Okay. And um, I was also like I, th- I may have talked about it. The Montero had like a weird low idle. It's so like you could be like sitting at a light or in a drive-through, and it would drop to like like five ninety RPMs, which is pretty low, and not. Like, a couple weeks ago, I was driving it back through. I went over to a restaurant near my house to pick up something and then came back through our little neighborhood, just doing, like, 20 miles an hour, cutting across the block and the truck totally stalled. Like, just, poop, poop, poop. I'm like, okay. Started back up, drove it home, but, like, barely wanted to idle. I'm like, oh, that's kind of weird. I drove it a couple more times after that, seemed to be all right. I was like, you know what? I haven't changed the filter since I bought the truck in 2017, which sounds terrible, but I've only gone like 15,000 miles. which, right. In the grand that's scheme of is within limits for an air filter, even doing dusty NEFR. It wasn't like, that's like two days a year. <laughs> um, So I was like, all right, I'll just get, you know, I, I thrown a Denso one in there uh, the last time, which if you buy a Mitsubishi filter from a dealer, it's just a Denso in a Mitsubishi box. Right. Pro tip. So I grabbed it, open up the thing because it's super easy, lift it up, filled with like a mouse nest. Like,
1: oh, that makes sense. Yeah. It was pretty thick too. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So the filter is like almost completely clogged with mouse hair. And then like just this massive mouse nest and just smells like mouse urine. So I'm going to have to take that whole tube off, put my gloves on dump all that shit out and then, you know, hose it out, clean it out with a simple green and put the filter back on. So that was a, as soon as I saw that, I was like, Oh, that is a later Andrew project. I'm not going to do this quick two minute air filter swap right now. Now I need to invest like 30 minutes of cleaning. So I'll it's have to get to yet. that at some point. Yeah. I haven't done it yet. Okay. Plus a- the truck needs a sticker again too. Cause they, now they're back to requiring stickers i like, cool. Like, I don't think anybody cares. I don't think it was a hard it thing to sticker for that, was it? It was just, it was, uh... It feels like it has a little bit of a loud exhaust, but it, it should probably be all right. Um, it's just silly. Like, I don't, I don't know why do you need to have people going in your car right now for a silly thing like that, but...
1: Because people don't know whatever. how to maintain things. You live in a state that barely has inspections. Yeah. And how many rollover accidents do I see on the highway on a daily basis? <laughs> the answer is a lot. Yeah. People people don't know how to inspect their own vehicles. So they basically drive them until they fall apart.
0: Mm.
1: Is basically what happens. So eventually you'll see a car with a delaminated tire or a ball joint broken or any obviously preventable issue on the side of the highway so Mm -hmm. there's a reason inspections are good i wish they had them here honestly because i'm not afraid of going to the inspection station i've been doing it my whole life um i do still have to go to the annoying part of the inspection station here anyway so the safety parts have never been an issue it's always been the emissions is annoying and i still have to get emissions here so oh because you have a diesel no, because I have a car that's newer than 1974. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, emissions is required here if you have any vehicle. I think it's 74, um, and you don't have antique insurance. So any, any daily driven vehicle here gets emissions every two years. So my Volkswagen, I actually just did it last week. Um, I've done it now twice because you have to do it when you transfer from out of state. And then, unfortunately, it was my year this year to get emissions because it goes based on the vehicle year. So I had to get two years in a row. Um, That's annoying. Yeah, but on on the Volkswagen, it's not annoying. (laughs) It just costs $10 to drive through a garage and have them give you a piece of paper that says you can renew your registration. Thumbs up, dude. You're good. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much.
0: Because you have a brand new car.
1: It's 2013 with 60, 70,000 miles on it, so it's not brand new. Um, yeah, but it's new enough that like stuff shouldn't be wrong with it. You would think that, but basically I roll in uh, and the guy says, is this thing a diesel? And I said, yes. And he takes out this big magic book with exemption cars on it um, and checks to see if it's exempt. And it is exempt. And they roll it through. And I paid them $10 for a piece of paper to say that I was there and they didn't test anything so I can get my registration renewed. So the last time I got it done, the guy said they don't put certain cars on the machine um, because basically they blow such a dirty smog that it clogs the machine, and they have to clean it and reboot it every time. (laughs) Um, And the Volkswagen is one of those. So they just don't do it. They look at the car. (laughs) They determine that it's stock enough. Uh um, yep. like the exhaust, it doesn't have like big exhaust. It's not belching black smoke. I don't have, you know, a coal rolling system on the vehicle. Um, and they let it go through otherwise. So pro tip, right? If you live in Arizona and you do need emissions, it's not statewide. It's countywide. Um, just, uh, so I know of Maricopa County, which is where I live, that it, uh, as long as you roll through and your vehicle appears stock and isn't covered in black soot and you have a diesel, You just roll through and don't worry about it. So if your vehicle does blow black smoke, make sure you wipe your bumper off before you roll in for your inspection, because that's what they're looking for. So it's a, it's an annoying process. I have to wait in line at the emission station, pay my money, get my stupid piece of paper just to renew the reg, but it is what it is. So the other cool thing is here in Phoenix, you can choose whether you want to renew your registration for a one year or two years. That's weird. And it costs less, obviously, to do it for one year. Um, There's a discount for doing it for two years. So it makes more sense to do it for two years. But when I was moving here, I was running low on expendable income. So I registered for one year. So I had to redo it this year. But now it's all set for two years because, believe it or not, I've been here for a year already. Yeah. Oh, I believe it. So it feels like it's been 10 years because of the whole corona thing. But it's only been a year. Mm -hmm. So... But at the same time, it doesn't feel like it's been a year. I feel like I just moved here. So, yeah, no, I've been here for a year. It's crazy to think about. I've been at my job for eight months. Like, I don't even know how that's possible. Nine months, yeah. actually. So, yeah, it's time flies when you're having a good time, I guess. But sure. All right. So, uh,
0: one event that is coming up. Uh, Southern New Hampshire cars and coffee is back. Awesome. There will be an event Sunday in Derry, New Hampshire, not Salem, Derry, New Hampshire at the coffee factory. They unfortunately had to close the Salem location. So our friend Malin has moved the event to the dairy location. So go on Facebook, look up Southern New Hampshire cars and coffee. That has the address. I don't know the address off the top of my head, but it's coffee factory, Derry, New Hampshire.
1: It's literally off 93. it's literally right off ninety three, like the exit ramp. Yeah. goes into the parking lot. I went to one. Yeah. Event, I went to one event there last year. Um, yeah, I haven't been yet, and it was really good. It's a bigger parking lot. Uh, not a bigger parking lot. It's a it's a more secluded parking lot. You are not mixed in with people going to the New Hampshire State Liquor Store or Bob's Discount yeah. Clothing Stores. It's it's the people there are there for the event pretty much. So
0: I you know, might go. We'll
1: see. Too, but. how I feel on Sunday about it.
0: Um, if anyone that does go locally, you know, always wear your mask, try to stand on top of each other. Yeah, of course. Um, and you know, the usual, we've been pretty good around here, but we're trying to keep it that way.
1: Yeah. You guys have been lucky. It's, uh, well, I guess luck isn't the factor. It's the intelligence. We
0: weren't uh, in the beginning. It was, it was pretty rough at the beginning. Um, but again, if you follow those guidelines, it will help reduce it. And that's just like, you know, wearing seatbelts helped reduce road fatalities, you know, starting in the 70s till now. Everybody wears a seatbelt, no big deal. Same thing.
1: Yeah. Oh. Can you come and preach that to Arizona, please? Because... uh,
0: Yeah. I mean, it literally is the same thing, right? Like, it doesn't... You know, a seatbelt doesn't guarantee you're going to survive a wreck. Right. But it's certainly... Increases your chances by a lot. Yeah. So, you know, even if it's a marginal improvement
1: to wear a mask, yeah. that is a percentage that we need. So, yeah. and as long as most people do it, I think we'll be good. But we just need yeah. most people to do it. And it's starting out here. People are finally doing it. So, we'll see if we can't have over 5,000 cases a day in my yeah. county alone. Hopefully, starting pretty soon. So, we'll see what happens. I would like to start having events out here too, but it just isn't a possibility right now. So Mm -mm. nope. I have been chatting with a couple of friends about starting our own little exclusive event out here too. So
0: yeah, it would be nice to have a um, like the sorry to burp again. I have a, uh, I had a nice Shandy and a Harpoon rec league, but anyway, yeah, it'd be nice to have um, like the four till four type thing yeah if you could do something invite only like oh well, not invite only but
1: low-key very low key, you know that'd
0: be a good that'd be the, good the four you... till
1: four events aren't officially happening but four till four's official statement was we're open if you show up we're not going to throw you out <laughs> right so my my thought to that was well, i'm not ready to go yet but we'll see
0: yeah that's really what it comes down to it's um you know like my decision to go on that rally in the east was because there was only going to be like 10 or 12 cars. Yep. And it only means like 20 people. Yep. So it's just not that many people and everybody gets spread out. So
1: and I know that the uh the Rhode Island mini mêlée that we did last year was last weekend too.
0: Yeah, I didn't I know they'd been doing uh socially distanced drives this like spring and yep. early summer. So I kind of like I missed that realizing that that was their main event. Right. Um, I might've made more of an effort <laughs> to go down there, but I didn't. So right. it was pretty fun last year.
1: Well, anytime you need a, uh, a, a, chrome bumper car to use, feel free to go grab the Colt. So until I get it out,
0: maybe I don't want it to be on my watch where the engine finally
1: gives oh, up the ghost. I know it's on its way out, so don't even worry about it. Yeah, it's totally fine.
0: I just don't want to deal with it.
1: There's, there's a perfectly good running engine sitting right next to it in the garage to just bolt right in. That would, sure. that would literally be like a four-hour project. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, you're allowed to use it whenever you want. That's all I'm saying. It's there. It's there to be enjoy. Enjoy it. Or the, or the steering. Take the steering out. It's registered. It runs. Oh, that's true.
0: Yeah. I don't know if it's, it needs a little bit more shakedown miles to drive it that far, though.
1: Well, it needs some shakedown miles. So go out, get in it, and drive oh. it around town, please. <laughs> it's legally registered and insured. Please use it. I would love to have some shakedown miles on it so I can drive it across country eventually. So, um, all right, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see.
0: Anything else to add? I don't
1: have a lot. No, been a little quiet. It's, been, it's been a little quiet. There'll be, there'll be I, more. I, think, I hope I have a lot planned for this coming week, um, for project cars and scale project cars and stuff I have planned to work on.
0: I realized that this
1: past week
0: would have been any weekend. Yes. Um it was gonna be Climb to the Clouds like actually this the week before this that. Weekend
1: it so, would be the missile wood. Yep.
0: Um well NEFR technically wouldn't have been last weekend, it would have been the last weekend in July. But normally it was that weekend, but they moved it. I think they basically swapped it for Climb to the Clouds. Um so yeah, unfortunately we missed all that stuff because it just is not happening? That just means so it kind of feels like a weird summer, not having that stuff going on. It just means twenty twenty one is going to be epic. Hmm. So, I did watch. Oh, it was two weeks now. We watched the uh, they had an IMSA race at Daytona. Yep, like a sprint race um, that was interesting. Yeah, that was Fourth of July weekend. Yeah, so the ended up the Corvettes won GT Le Mans. I think Mazda won overall, if I remember correctly. I think so. Um, and it sounds like instead of what would have been Watkins Glen, they're going to run Sebring in the middle of July, which sounds probably just as hot yeah. <laughs> actually as upstate New York. It gets just as hot and humid this time of year. Yeah.
1: Um, but that'll be kind of interesting. We'll try to watch that. Well, Watkins Glen is getting the shaft this year because they're not getting NASCAR either. Yeah. Because NASCAR moved the, to the Daytona Roval for their typical Watkins Glen weekend event.
0: Which, yeah, I'm disappointed for Watkins Glen, but that seems like it's going to be really cool. It's and I do want to make sure I tune in to watch that.
1: Uh, I've actually been um, watching NASCAR races this year. Um, actually, before we started recording tonight, tonight is the all-star race. And I pause. Oh. I pause that to start um, to watch when this is over. Uh, oh, all right. I watched the uh, the qualifying races just before this happened. Yeah, NASCAR's been really good this year. Um, they're making a concerted effort to make it more entertaining. I'm starting to understand the new rules. Uh, the weirdest thing about NASCAR this year is that it's Ford Mustangs versus Chevy Camaros versus Toyota Camrys. <laughs> which isn't like a natural pecking order of things. Um, you no, know, that pony car, the
0: Toyota Camry. Yeah,
1: well, it does have a long hood and a short trunk. So I guess by definition, it's a pony car, right? Um, I guess next year, they're developing a super body to run. So it'll be Camaros, Mustangs, and Supras, which makes a lot more sense. So they're already running the Supras. How is that going to work? What do you mean? That Supras
0: looks so much different than a
1: yeah like i or... I don't know i mean the the basic middle of the car is kind of the same on every one of them anyway I mean a, a mustang doesn't look anything like a Camry, and they make it work so yeah um but anyway, they're developing a super body they actually already run the super body in the nextel series which a uh, nextel yeah. Nextel Sprint series, whatever the lower series is now, it's Monster Energy is the top end. Brad,
0: you but there? The,
1: whatever the next series down is, the feeder series. Brad, are you there in this year? I'm not. The, the feeder series, the cup series, is already running the Supras, so you can already see what they are. Um, the neat thing is, is, the cars have gone back to unique fascias. Uh, yeah. for, for a while there, they had a standard fascia and they had, you know, Ford sticker headlights or Chevy sticker headlights. Um, they've actually changed the shapes of them now to look more like the vehicles they're based on. Um, so that's neat. Um,
0: so are they basically just running the southern, southeastern corner of the United States, like Florida,
1: South Carolina? That's what it seems they to just be. Keeping all they're the, staying in that the t- 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 area. T- the all-star yeah. race tonight is actually the first that's going to have any kind of spectating as well. So they sold yeah, about so 30% of the tickets, and they're going to have people so- sitting apart from each other. So they're almost like uh,
0: almost doing the the bubble cities kind of for for NASCAR sorta.
1: Yeah, they're staying in NASCAR's territory. They are running New Hampshire though in August, hmm. and it looks like there will be spectators there too. So,
0: well, IMSA makes sense. You'd run it in Florida because you have two of the biggest endurance tracks in the world in the country. Yeah, in, in the know, world in the actually. World. Yeah, right. So you get Sebring. You, they're right there. So you might as well run it there. Right.
1: But no, NASCAR has been very entertaining this year. I recommend uh, actually watching it. Um, I'm learning how all the rule changes work that have been changed since back in the day when I used to watch it. Um, It's interesting they have different commentators because half the races are on Fox Sports and half the races are on NBC. Um, So each race, each team has their own commentators (laughs) for each network. Um, It's interesting seeing the commentators that were drivers when I was watching all the time are now commentators. Right. Um, and actually I'm excited because they have a guest commentator tonight for the all-star race and it's Daryl Waltrip. So nice. Yeah. So neat stuff. Neat stuff. But yeah. Give it a watch and maybe uh, we can maybe watch next weekend's race and we can chat about it next week and talk about some new NASCAR stuff. Yeah, I'll try to remember. I just, I forget. Sunday. What else do you do on Sunday, man? You watch NASCAR. Pretend it's 1995. I still care.
0: But it hasn't been on Sundays. Yeah, it's been on
1: Sunday. They're moving it because if there's no spectators,
0: it doesn't matter what day
1: it's on. It's been mostly on Sundays. All right. Yeah. I've watched the past few weeks. So, but so the the all star race at Bristol is currently paused on my TV and I'll go, they haven't even started yet when I sat down to record this. So, hopefully, I can watch the whole race.
0: Cool. All right. Anything else? That's it. I am good, Sweet. sir. So, as always, you can find us on Off Topic podcast on Facebook, Auto Off Topic on Twitter, Auto Off Topic on Instagram, and me, race. and Anger on Instagram. Uh, I think I posted. Mm, oh, yeah my my mouse trap uh, air filter. Yep. Is the last thing I posted. I was kind of thinking I haven't posted much lately. No, we've I mean, been kind uh, of slow.
1: I have. Uh, I have some new diecast stuff. I was going to put up there. I got a couple of new um, Pajero. Evolutions and
0: yeah, you had an idea for some uh, stuff with your diecast that I think you should. I have for the I, I have that planned out.
1: Everything's packed up right now, That's so why I haven't done it yet. So ah, all right. that the idea okay, happened, and I, and I packed my entire house for the move, and I haven't unpacked yet. So yeah.
0: It's a good idea, so <laughs> yeah. I want to see follow through on that.
1: It's happening. All right, and Brian, where can they find you? Uh, they can find me on Instagram at tsiss three five zero and. I may be, if I can remember, to log into the auto Topic Twitter. Yeah, there's some stuff on there I pop in every now and then, but
0: not, not terribly active, but it's neat to watch. And we've met some new people through there already, too, so that's good. Mm-hmm. So, as always, keep cars analog and aim for the roses.